Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 81 of How Do You Write? I am Rachel Heron, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Today, I am talking to Morgan Daimler. Hi, Morgan. Hi, I'm I'm super excited to be here today. I am so thrilled that you're here and I'm loving if you're on the video with us, I can see all these awesome, interesting things behind you. But um, I'll ask you about your <laughs> setup in a moment. But let me give you a quick little introduction. Uh, Morgan Dabler is the author of more than two dozen nonfiction and fiction books focusing on arithmetic. Irish mythology and paganism, has, and she's been published in a variety of different magazines and journals and also blogs regularly. She writes for the UK-based Moon Books, an imprint of John Hunt Publishing, where she is the author of the best-selling Pagan Portals, The Morrigan. She has also self-published an urban fantasy paranormal romance series called Between the Worlds, which incorporates aspects of Celtic mythology alongside more familiar modern fantasy themes. And when she isn't writing, she's busy raising three children in southern New England, translating old Irish for fun, and occasionally teaching workshops on the things she writes about. Welcome again. Hi, nice to be here. So translating old Irish, tell me, how did you get into that? That is definitely nothing I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, if you're going to have a boring hobby, you might as well get like an obscure, weird, boring hobby, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wool spinner. So I, I feel that. That is so cool. I actually have a couple other friends who do that. Yeah. yeah I don't have the patience for it. Oh, I don't either. That's why I do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did old yeah. Irish arrive at you? That's a good question. Um, Basically, I've I've been very interested in Irish mythology for a long time, and I um, had started looking at getting into the the original mythology as opposed to like books that were sort of retelling or presenting like modern versions of the mythology. Mm-hmm. So I had started looking at translations of the the source texts, mm-hmm. the original. And I started to notice if you get two or three translations of the same story, sometimes they're really different. And then I would notice I would get versions where you'd have like the original language over here and then you'd have the translation here and they would literally have like two sentences of old Irish or old middle Irish. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have like a paragraph of English. I was getting really suspicious. That is suspicious. (laughs) It is. Um, and so come to find out, a lot of times, because most of these translations were done 100 or more years ago, a lot of times the translator, because uh, things were very fast and loose back then, right. would put a lot of their own opinions in the translation. Hmm. Um, yeah. That's annotation, uh, not, not so much translation. <laughs> it is. Um, and especially because this, a lot of it was done during the Victorian period. If something was a little um, too risque for them or involved bodily fluids or mm-hmm. anything that they thought was like not appropriate for their audience, they just wouldn't do it. So I found that out. I was really angry. <laughs> yeah. Terrible motivation. To learn a language. Oh, I think it's a great one. 
So um, I took my anger and I channeled it um, into finding all the resources I could find on on learning Old Irish, which there actually is quite a bit out there, um, you know, relatively speaking for like books and study material. Um, and I just figured I'll just do it myself. Wow. <laughs> That's that is kind of where we're at. Super, super interesting and admirable. How close is Old Irish to like like uh I guess as contemporary as it gets Gaelic? Is it related at all? Modern Irish is what they would call it, yeah. Okay. Uh, in Ireland, um they did call the language Irish. Mm-hmm. Um and Gaelic would be Scottish. Oh. Scottish Gaelic. Okay. Um uh, it's a really common confusion though. So yeah. um it's it's about the same difference as we have with English and old English. Okay. So like like, almost understandable, but not quite. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So some of the words you can look at and be like, okay, I think I kind of have an idea because it looks very similar to the modern word. Yeah. And other words you're like, I have, this is completely different. Um, And old Irish is a non-standard orthography, which much like old English, it means you just kind of spelled it however Mm. thought. It might look good. Mm-hmm. Kind of like texting today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, vowels, an A or an O or a U, it's all good. Close enough. That is completely fascinating. I love that. And it sounds like it really, really ties into what you write. And it's a natural outcropping of what you do. So let's talk about your writing process. Um, I would love to know when you write, where you write. Do you write in that really interesting space that you're in right now? And if so, tell us about it. Um, this is my office. Mm-hmm. I love my office. Um, I've had this space for a little over a year now. Uh-huh. Um, it's It's my little, it's very small. Like this is. I'm Almost looking at it. Seeing now, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's at least like a little space that's just for me for writing, which is nice to have. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my writing is very research heavy, um, not the urban fantasy, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, but a lot of the nonfiction is very research heavy. Uh, so I actually have, you can't see it from here, but I actually have a whole bookshelf um, over on my right floor to ceiling that's all Ooh. reference books. I have books behind me. So books Ooh. everywhere. Um, and I like to decorate it because you have to keep it interesting. You have to have somewhere for your eye to fall, I think. Yeah, so someday I'm going to show what's around me, but usually you can just see the boring stuff that's behind me. So when do you get your writing done? How, like, how is your process? That is probably the question that I get asked the most often. Mm-hmm. Um, when do I write? I write all the time. Um, anytime I have five minutes, I write. Wow. Uh, I have three children yeah. between the ages of five and 14. Oh my gosh. Uh, and my five-year-old doesn't believe in sleep. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, so am I. I don't think I've gotten a full night's sleep now in five years. Um, so he normally wakes me up between five and six in the morning. Uh-huh. And when I get up with him, um, you know, while he's doing his sort of morning stuff, which for a five-year-old you can imagine is super exciting. Um, <laughs> it is to him, right? Um, but I'll sit down and I'll start writing. And even if it's just like two or 300 words, you know, here and there, um, I just, any opportunity I have, you know, I'll, I'll get something done. I usually have 
two to five projects going at a time. Um, so there's wow. always something that I can, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> there's always something. Um, and then my, my children are all in school at this point. My youngest is in preschool. So I have three hours during the day, um, where I'm home and it's quiet. Mm-hmm. As you can hear, you can hear the sound of silence. <laughs> and it's a very rare sound. Um, <laughs> uh, and I use that three hours uh, to sit and to, to do the kind of stuff I have to really try to focus on that I can't do when there's like WWE going on in my living room. So <laughs> I can't imagine even cooking while WWE was going on. I think I'd be so distracted. <laughs> I'm good at multitasking. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's so, an art form. so that's where you get your deep work done. That is awesome. Do you ever have, do you have uh, word goals or is it just all time based on what you can get done? Um, it's a little bit of both. Uh, I, I generally try to get at least a thousand words a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of it does depend a bit on, um, what my deadlines are for any particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I blog twice a week. So, um, and that's usually Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I need to make sure those get done and written in time to be, you know, to, to get posted and go live. Um, I have several different books uh, in different levels of progress. Um, and those generally have deadlines. Um, so you kind of have to stay on task with that. Um, and word counts can help. Um, and then I also, uh, will do like magazine pieces and, uh, anthology pieces. And, you know, again, those usually you'll have a specific word count, um, whether it's a thousand words or 2,500 words, usually something in that range. Um, and I, I do admit that sometimes I am like that college student, like the night before it's due, like frantically. Oh, I have a, yeah, I have a thousand word article due this afternoon, which I haven't started yet. So <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> there's, there's something about that. Um, I, I had a, I had a professor in college once say that, you know, you must do all your papers ahead of time. And she, she waxed rhapsodic about that. And she said, and, and I was like, Oh God, I'm never, ever going to do well in this class. And she said, unless you're the type of person who does it the night before and you're getting A's, the and yep. has to be there, then that's your process and you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. So yeah. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think the two best skills I learned in college, um, was how to, to reference things and do citations and like research really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also how to like get quality work done in like five Well, you're definitely, it sounds like you really, really are a good multitasker for reels. So what is your biggest, (laughs) what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, my biggest challenge honestly is, is probably that I am prone to taking on too much. Mm. Um, I am that person that will already have like six or seven things that I need to do. And someone will ask me to do another thing and I'll be like, sure, like, I can do that. Um, I'll just invent a 25th hour for the day. <laughs> but it always makes uh, sense when we say yes. Right. It, I always think I can do it. So then how do you handle that when you are over taxed? I have no idea. Somehow, <laughs> somehow I find that 25th hour. Um, and you know, it, it, somehow it always manages to work out, but that definitely is my Achilles heel is, is overscheduling myself. 
and um, I have no concept of relaxation. Actually, I write my fiction for fun. That's that is what I do for fun. So that's an excellent way to get the work done because I don't, and it always feels like such a slog, especially those first drafts. So, what is your biggest joy in writing? Um, my biggest joy is probably um, two separate things. I, I actually really love holding that hard copy in my hands for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like when you open the box, it's like Christmas day mm -hmm. and you get to pull out that, that hard copy for the first time. Um, and that's just such a great feeling, like seeing your hard work in a physical form. Yeah. Uh, that's just wonderful. And the second thing is probably when people say to me in person or online, how much the book means to them, like how important it was to them to read it or, um, how much they loved it, you know, you, cause that, that makes it feel like it's worthwhile. Do you remember the first time that ever happened to you or a uh, specific instance when that did? Not specifically at this point. Um, I know when, when, uh, Pagan Portals, the Morrigan came out, um, that was probably the first book that I wrote where I, I really remember someone saying that that was sort of a life changing book for them. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So, and that's, that's just a profound thing to hear from someone, you know, cause you always worry yes. when you write anything that it's, you know, nobody's going to care. Right. It's like throwing a rock in the street. Nobody's going to notice. Yeah. That is really, really yeah, exactly awesome. So can you quit share a quick craft tip of any sort with us? Sure. Um, this is not like original to me. That's so, okay. you know, totally just, um, but this is something that was told to me that I've really found to be probably the most useful thing. Um, when I got into writing fiction, it was for national novel writing month. Yay. Yay. Which I love. I encourage everyone to do. Yeah. It's so much fun. Um, but I hadn't written fiction in like 20 years at that point. I was just doing nonfiction and a friend of mine, um, had suggested you should do nano cause it's fun. Um, and I was a little unsure and she said to me, um, give it a try and write what you know, but write what you would want to read. Mm. And I took those two things really to heart. And I also do that with my nonfiction, which I hadn't even realized until she said that. And then I was like, you know, that is probably the most useful advice for any writer to hear. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we do it without even realizing we're doing it. You know, you, you write what you would want to read, and then you're going to enjoy the writing process a lot more. And you're going to be a lot more invested in making it something interesting that other people are also going to want to read. So do you do that now with all your books consciously? Yeah. Yeah. I try to look at it like, um, anything I'm writing, um, articles or books, um, or even the blogs, I try to think of like, you know, why would I be wanting to read this? It's you such, know, what is that's such simple advice and it's so easy to completely forget it because I'm always thinking when I go into a new project or article or book, um, I'm thinking, you know, how should this be written? I forget to think, how would I want to read this? So I really like that you're reminding me of that. 
That's awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, when, like I said, it's, it's not like my, I didn't invent it, but it's so good to hear again. Um, it's so good. Yeah. Cause I just opened a book earlier today. I, I realized I had finished the last novel I read a couple days ago and I hadn't picked one up since. And I picked one up and I opened the first page and I fell into it and I thought, Oh, this is what I want to read. And the feeling that I'm having right now, looking at these words, this is what I want to give somebody else. Not a, I should turn the page, but I can't help turning the page yeah yeah so it draws you in so cool so when you have um those dark days the self-doubt days how do you handle those that's a tough one um I think when I, when I get in that very self-critical place, I try to remind myself that, you know, everything I'm doing, I'm just trying to do my best with it. Mm. Um, you know, my, my approach in general to writing is that I always try to do the best I can do in that moment with it. And if I feel like I really am not in a place to be focusing on that at that moment, I'll, I'll work on something else until I'm in a better headspace, you know, to go back to that particular project. So, you know, I look at it like, because of course you always get critical reviews. There's always someone who has something unpleasant to say about anything anybody does. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it is easy to like internalize that too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just try to remind myself that, you know, I, I did the best I could do and, you know, you, you can't make all the people happy. So boy, I would like to, but we can't, but yeah. <laughs> I always, yeah. I always think I would, yeah. I would like to, we would all like to, I think, I think writers as a, as a lot, we tend to be people pleasers in, in many ways. Um, because we're writing, we're trying to put our words out to please people so that when we don't, it's rough. Yeah. I think we all have that dream of like writing that book that gets nothing but five star reviews. <laughs> yes. 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 Like everyone adores. <laughs> and then we remember that it does not happen. Even with the books we love the most that we think are 100% perfect. Every once in a while, I'll pull it up on Amazon on my phone and just scroll right to the one star reviews and make myself feel good. You know, it's like these people hate this perfect book and that makes me feel good. <laughs> better at least. Yeah. 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 Well, I try not to ever take it too personally. Um, you know, a lot of times when we look at the negative reviews, um, you can sort of see that it's not even, they don't like what you wrote. It's that they were either looking for something different. Yeah. Your book was never going to be what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, they, they personally have certain things that they dislike and it just wasn't a good fit. That's a for them. really great way to say it. Just, uh, speaking of, speaking of books that we like, what is the best book you've read recently? Um, that's a tough one. Cause there's, there's a lot of good books out there. Um, and I, I try to kind of divide my time up between, um, I read a lot of fiction, mm-hmm. um, particularly urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, not just cause that's what I write, but that, um, that's also sort of the genre that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do read a lot of nonfiction, um, which I enjoy. Uh, I did just read a book called, um, 
A Crack in Everything, I think is the title by Ruth Long. What a great title. And it's it's set in Ireland. Uh, the author is Irish. And um, the premise is sort of about um, the, the other world, the world of fairies, overlapping the mortal world. But it's a very sort of gritty, suburban, um, del sort of story. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked it. I liked her take on uh, the way she did it. It's very different from what you see with a lot of urban fantasy um, and the way they weave those concepts together. Um, I thought it was it was very original, which okay. is always a good thing. I'm going to put that on my TBR pile because because the grittier, the better in urban fantasy for me. I want real, true, deep, dark yeah. grit. So fantastic. Well, where can we find you online and your books? Tell us about that. I'm everywhere. <laughs> Good answer. Um, I, wish, I wish I was there. Um, I am on Twitter. Uh, I am on Facebook. Um, I'm always under my name, Morgan Daimler. Um, oh, I figure I'm sorry that I mispronounced some, it. That's okay. Everyone mispronounces it. It's a good German name. So Daimler. it doesn't sound like it's spelled. Yeah. Daimler. Um, I figured early on that I would just put everything under my, my real name. Um, I write under that? my real name. So you, know, you would think it was smart. <laughs> <laughs> no one else does it. So then I get nervous. I'm like, why isn't anyone else doing this? Oh, I wish I, I was, I was yarn a go, go everywhere for so long. Like I'm still, you're on a go-go on Skype because you can't change that. And I just wish I had started out being Rachel Heron everywhere. The, the very first thing I ever published was a poem in an anthology back in, I want to say like 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. And I did it under a pen name. Mm. And I deeply regret it now mm. because I, I, I don't even know why I used the pen name. I think because I was under this impression that that's what authors, professional authors did mm -hmm. at the time. And then I realized, first of all, it's very hard to get people to understand that, no, that's me. Right. right. I wrote that. Um, so it's hard to sort of build up any, um, any following or any name, you know, branding, how, whatever the fancy marketing term is for that. Um, and, you know, trying to like submit other things when you have your real name and then you have your pen name. I don't know how authors do that, to be honest, because it was very confusing, I mean, I was also like probably 22 at the time. <laughs> so it might just have been confusion on my end. Um, no, I find it confusing too. Yeah. Yeah. That was the part where I was like, never again. <laughs> I'm just going to do everything under my real name and just simplify my life. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, what is your blog called so that we can go look at that too? Um, living liminally. Ooh. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. Um, I write a lot about Irish mythology, mm -hmm. um, fairy is, uh, things along those lines, Irish paganism. So it seems like a good appropriate name for it. Um, if you search Morgan Daimler living liminally, it'll, my blog will pop up. Perfect. Um, I do also have a Yola website. What is that? Um, also under Morgan Daimler. What's a, What's a Yola website? Um, it's a free website <laughs> for, for authors who are too cheap to pay a lot of money to have a not free website. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I fully encourage free. Free is good. 
Um, yeah, it's just one of those free build your own websites. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But you have to put in Yola, Y-O-L-A. Oh, okay. Morgan. Otherwise you'll just get a whole list of search results. Um, and my books you can get on Amazon. Okay. Uh, so pretty straightforward. Well, thank you so, so, so very much for spending your time with me. I really appreciate it. It's been a delight to talk to you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. I talk I, yeah, and 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 I hear all this, but I feel a little guilty because I hear all this quiet air around you. I feel like you should go now into the deep work. So <laughs> enjoy the quiet while it lasts. I have an hour before I have to fix my stuff. So okay. I'm, I'm sure I can get something done in the next hour. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Take care. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.